With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello once again, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am your host, as always, Griffin Youngs, and I hope you enjoyed your weekend as we are in the full swing of the preseason, and we've still got plenty of stuff happening around the league. The final of the RFAs begin to sign, which we will discuss later, but surprisingly, the Avalanche played one preseason game since we last talked against Minnesota on Thursday, and nothing over the weekend, which is kind of weird. Preseason scheduling is always just very weird. We had these two games within three days of each other, and then we just randomly have, what, three days off in between the next one, and then we're just going to have four of these games in the next week. Like, we are, by the time you're listening to this, we will be nine days away from the start of the regular season on October 13th against the Chicago Blackhawks. we still got four preseason games left. Like, I was looking forward to the preseason, but now like we're only two games in, and it already feels like it's dragging because the scheduling is just so weird. The broadcast for the Wild game was also very weird, which we will talk about. Just It feels like there's too many games, doesn't it? After last season, as bizarre as last season was, I kind of forgot there wasn't a preseason. We just had training camp and jumped right into it. And we do need some preseason games, but I think, what is it, six, seven games? For some teams, it's seven. For us, it's six. That feels like a little bit much, doesn't it? Like Once you get to like the final preseason games, then you, pr- you pretty much know who's on the team the guys all have their jobs. Like, it's pretty much all about just not getting hurt at that point. And Monday, we have another one against Minnesota. And then the next day, we're at home against Vegas. And then Thursday, Saturday, we have two against Dallas. And then three days later, we're starting the regular season at home against Chicago. I mean, we're basically there. I mean, four preseason games, that'll at least keep us busy 
until the regular season. That that three-day stretch between the last preseason game against Dallas and the first regular season game against Chicago is going to feel like forever and also going to feel like nothing at the exact same time. Just I just, I'm so ready to get started with this season. Now just the preseason feels like this one last thing that's in the way, and I'm just hoping that nobody gets hurt the rest of the way because it's not been for a lack of trying so far through the first two games that we have come out of these relatively unscathed. And it seems like around the league, most teams have been lucky, I want to say, with not having people get seriously injured. There have been some dings around the league, but nothing really serious, I would say. And again, not for lack of trying in this game against Minnesota, which was surprisingly aggressive. I mean, it's no secret that we do not like Minnesota at all, and they feel the same about us. However, this was a preseason game, and there was still plenty of sparks flying for the full 60 minutes, but we'll get into all of that in just a moment. And that, you know, and you would know that if you were able to see the game, which I I doubt for many of you you could because this game could only be accessed one way, and that was on the Minnesota Wild YouTube channel on a live stream. This was nowhere to be found on television. I only found out that was a thing literally 10 minutes before the game started. I was already resigned to the fact that I was not going to be able to watch this game and I would just have to find some talking points to bring up for this episode. I got lucky. Apparently someone put it out there that, hey, they're putting this game up on the Minnesota's YouTube channel. And I thought, ah, well, all problems solved at that point. Lucky me, I'll be able to watch it. And I got to say, yes, I was technically able to watch it, but that was not much better. Because as you might have guessed, a live stream on the Minnesota Wild YouTube channel was not very quality. This was the Minnesota Wild radio guys doing color commentary with the Avalanche scoreboard feed over top of it, which meant no scoreboard or clock for the entire game. So you just had to constantly be checking the NHL app to find out how much time is left or how much time is left on a penalty kill. If you forgot the score, you would have to look on there too. I forgot the score several points during this game. I'd leave and like go do something for a second. And knowing me, I've like information just goes in my head and just goes right out the other ear. I forgot the score to this game like six times. So this was just a messy, messy broadcast. I, I tuned into the game and I'm like, what, who, what are they talking about right now? And I realized it was the production guys that were currently hot mic'd. So there was about six people talking at the same time during this game, including the two radio guys, like talking about the production and all right, go this camera which and the thing was that the wild production team was getting a completely different feed than the one we were seeing. They were talking about going to different cameras. Meanwhile, the only thing that we were seeing was what everyone at Ball Arena was seeing on the scoreboard because the only thing we got was the scoreboard feed on the live broadcast. But they're talking about all these things that they're seeing that we're not seeing and also everyone working on that broadcast is having everything they're saying being broadcast for everybody to hear. And a couple minutes in, eventually, somebody's like, hey, uh, heads up, everyone is hot mics right now. Be very, very careful uh, what you say right now because everyone can hear you. 
And it took them, I think, until puck drop to figure out what the hell was going on. And this this went on for like a solid five minutes of just, we're getting, they're telling the, the radio guys like what to talk about and like the sponsorships and everything. And everyone for a while is just completely oblivious. And eventually they figure it out. But like, this was the best we could do with this. I understand that it's the preseason, but come on. This is still the NHL, guys. We couldn't have any kind of broadcast here on TV, like anything at all, even if it was just the wild radio guys. We couldn't get a scoreboard. Like, I understand nobody cares, and by this time next week, we will all have forgotten about this game entirely because it literally does not matter at all. But come on, really? This was the best that we could do? And the game, I swear, if I was just pulled this game up on PowerPoint and then was just spamming the spacebar, I might have gotten a better frames per second than I was getting, at least in the first period of this game. It was going by maybe at five frames per second. I It was almost unwatchable at a certain point. So if you missed this game for any, for any reason, if you wanted to watch it and just couldn't find something, you didn't miss much. And it's a shame because this game was kind of entertaining. I was really surprised by the end of it, just how into it I kind of got. I, wa- I wanted the abs to win. I felt like I was at least somewhat invested in this game. I was surprised because I had understandably no expectations coming into this thing, having to track this thing down on the Wild YouTube channel, and the whole mess with the broadcast, and there's no scoreboard, and I can't really see the game because the frames are going by so slowly. It was just such a bizarre experience, and by the time the second period rolled around, I was I was getting kind of into this. Like, this was a fun little game. The Avalanche had a lot more starters in this one. The Wild had a couple of their guys in. And like I said earlier, this game was surprisingly aggressive, especially in the second period. And case in point, I mean, there were two fights in the second period. I don't, I, I don't really know if you can call the Landeskog thing a fight, but it's close enough for me to at least consider it a fight, because Landeskog wanted to rip Ryan Hartman's head off. He wanted to break free of the reps who were holding him back and just pull Hartman apart limb by limb. He hates that guy. The Avalanche hate Ryan Hartman. There was the whole thing in the second period. Hartman is pushing Kadri around a bit. He cross-checks him down. Kadri gives him, I don't even want to call it like a slash because it wasn't that hard, but a love tap feels a little soft, but he, he hit him with his stick. We'll call it that. And Kadri gets a penalty, and Landeskog just loses it on Ryan Hartman, cross-checking him, holding his face to the ice. Eventually, they separate. The refs are holding them back. Landeskog just has that wild look in his eye and is trying to fight him and just beat the crap out of him. And the refs wouldn't let him do it. He has his gloves down and everything, and they just wouldn't let him do it, understandably, but... I'm not a big fan of fighting in the preseason, especially for Gabe Landeskog. If you're a guy trying to convince your coach that you should be on the NHL roster, but you're not really that good, I understand fighting in that case. But for Gabe Landeskog to be fighting Ryan Hartman in a preseason game, 
that's a really bad idea. I understand the merit of it because Nazem Kadri, this was his first game since he got suspended in game two against St. Louis in the playoffs last year. This was the first time he'd ever been back on the ice. He didn't play in the first preseason game. He plays in this one. He scores a goal in this one. He scored the first goal of the game for the Avs. That was kind of nice to see, but Kadri is on an extraordinarily tight leash this season with officiating and with the Department of Player Safety. If he does anything at all, he is under a microscope, and if it's bad in any sense, his suspension will be monstrous. And maybe this wasn't that, but there are going to be cases this season where players know that Kadri can't really do too much to stop people from getting under his skin and he can't do too much about it because if he does, chances are he might be out half the season. And this might have been Hartman just pushing him around a bit in front of the net. And this might have been Gabe sending a message, not just to Hartman, but to the league that you're not just going to be able to push around Nazem Kadri. It doesn't matter that he's one like questionable hit away from being gone for half of a season. These guys are still going to to stand up for him, and I understand the merit of that. And I appreciate Gabe being that kind of leader, if that is indeed what he did, and this wasn't just, I hate Ryan Hartman, which it very well could have been, because they dealt with Ryan Hartman a lot last season. That guy is a shitster, and the Avalanche hated his guts. Like, it, we're talking the Avalanche lose a one game at the end of the season and end up playing Minnesota in the first round instead of St. Louis. I don't know if Ryan Harton would still be alive right now. Gabe Landeskog would make it his personal mission to hurt that man in a seven-game playoff series. I don't know how... I don't know how... Either of them would have survived a seven-game playoff series against each other. I mean, especially Hartman, because it's not just Landis who hates him. The entire Avalanche roster just looks at that man with murderous intent. They cannot stand him one bit. But regardless, I appreciate what Gabe is doing there, but that's not his job. I mean, in the playoffs last season... There was the fight against Braden Shen in Game 1. He beat the brakes off of him and set the tempo. But how often does Gabe have to do this? And we brought in Curtis McDermott, who played in this game, allegedly. He sucked, but he played in this game. So why is Gabe Landeskog, the captain of the Avalanche, the top-line winger on this team, on the best line in hockey, that you just committed eight years to, a risky eight-year contract, risking breaking his hand, fighting Ryan Hartman, when you traded a fourth-round pick for Curtis McDermott. And I understand McDermott isn't on the ice at that point, but come on, this is not Gabe's job to, to take care of this stuff. If he wants to get in Hartman's face and tell him that's not okay and at least buy time for McDermott to be on the same be, to be on the ice at the same time as him that's fine but for Gabe to be like trying to push the refs out of the way and holding Hartman's face in the ice and wanting and dropping his gloves to beat the crap out of him it's a little much especially considering again this was a preseason game maybe bring that intensity down a little bit appreciate the message you're trying to send but this should not be his job anymore 
that's what McDermott is for. And if McDermott's not doing that, it's not like McDermott wasn't trying to be physical in this game because this wasn't even the first fight of the game. McDermott got walked by some guy. I don't I don't even remember who it is. He gets walked by a nobody and then pushes the guy into Darcy Kemper and then Dan Gilbert fights the wrong guy, not even the guy who ran into Kemper. It was embarrassing. McDermott played terribly in this game. Jack Johnson played way better than he did. Jack Johnson, who we will talk about more later, but a surprisingly aggressive game. I mean, there are other instances of guys just getting in each other's faces after this incident as well. Just, I don't really understand it. It's the preseason. None of this really matters. I appreciate you sticking up for your guy who's going to be kind of vulnerable this season with the the eyes that are going to be on him from the Department of Player Safety, but I think we could have handled that maybe a little better than we did. And we're going to play these guys again by the time you're listening to this today on Monday the 4th. Hopefully it's a, a little less tense because the only thing I care about is nobody gets hurt in the preseason. We're already down Taze for who knows how long, shouldn't be that long, but still, we don't know how long he's going to be out. Last thing we want is to start the season already a couple men down. So stand up for your guys. Like, that has its merits and everything. Don't let your guys be pushed around. But don't, like, risk an injury in the preseason trying to to send a message. That's just not worth it. You'll see the Wild on October 30th for your first regular season game. If you, if you want to send a message, then go ahead. Preseason might be time to to dial that back. Maybe just a little bit. But outside of that, this game was dominated by a couple of pretty pretty positive storylines for the Avalanche. Namely for me was getting to see Eric Johnson back again finally and not even just back the fact that he played really damn well, like a vintage Eric Johnson, and I'm not going to get super excited saying he's all the way back because it's preseason, but he scores two goals in this one, one of them into the empty netter to put it away, and just looked really damn good every time he was on the ice. He looked like one of the best players on the ice every single time he was there, making great defensive plays, just looked like the best version of Eric Johnson. Now, I've looked around the league a bit, some guys who are coming off some pretty bad injuries who missed all the last season have struggled a lot out of the gates like namely namely in Washington Michael Kempney through three preseason games I believe has been bad like real bad for them he missed the entirety of last season and for Johnson to he only played a handful of games last year missed 90% of the year and he's already back right away and looks pretty damn good his he doesn't look like he had any rust to shake off, which was really important for me to see. So the fact that he's already looking great and is going to jump right back into the lineup on October 13th is a very encouraging sign, especially as we're going to deal with, obviously, Taze being out right away. And his partner, Sam Gerrard, also looked very good in this game as well. He scored the game-winning goal with about three minutes left to go. A lot of the regulars in this game just looked pretty good. And Outside of Johnson, I'd say it's really not that important. These are tune-up games for these guys. This was Darcy Kemper's debut as well for the Avalanche. And didn't go great. Three goals on 15 shots. I mean, he looked a little... I don't know what the word I'm really trying to look for is. Like, 
anxious and squirrely, just not really settled in yet, I suppose. Maybe it's just adjusting to the fact that he doesn't play in Arizona anymore. He doesn't have to be so nervous and ready all the time. I'm not going to draw any conclusions, obviously, because once again, for the 50th time, this is the preseason. So we'll see how he continues to work through the preseason. He's going to start the first game of the year. Obviously, he's still going to be number one, but I don't know. But I thought he was fine. I mean, he also had McDermott. Like we said, he pushed a guy into him and that whole embarrassing shtick later, but I thought it was fine. All the regulars in this game looked fine. I mean, nothing, really nothing to complain about at all. Kadri got a goal. Johnson got a goal. Sampo Ranta, who we will gush about in a second, also got a goal. Jost with picking up some points, as well as Kompfer and Newhook. Landeskog also picked up some points as well. I mean, for all the regulars, this was just a very good outing for them. And for the guys on the fringes, which are obviously a bit more interesting since we only really have so many spots open on the team, Sampo Ranta. Rambo Santa. This guy could not be having a better month. He came into development camp and tore it up. He went to the rookie tournament and tore it up. He went into training camp and he's torn it up. He's played two preseason games and he has torn it up. He was one of the best players on the ice in this game. And he is making a solid argument that he should be on the roster right now. Now, I mean, it's almost impossible to make an argument against him to play at a point this season. He looks outstanding, and I still don't know if he makes it for opening night, but this stretch alone undoubtedly has to put him first in line for a call-up for injuries, because if he doesn't make the, the roster, I don't want him to be an extra forward just sitting in the press box eating popcorn and hot dogs. He should be down with the Eagles and continuing to play until we need him, because eventually we are going to need him. But I just cannot say enough good things about Sampo Ranta and just how good he has been, because this this is where the preseason matters. For guys like Sampo Ranta, it doesn't matter for Eric Johnson and Kadri and Landeskog. Again, tune-ups for them. A different standard obviously applies to Ranta. He's playing for a spot in the lineup. And I don't know how you can take that away from him. I'd say the only block is Maltsev, who has been quiet, which is kind of his job. He hasn't been bad. He's made a lot of the right decisions when he's on the ice, been strong defensively, and that's ultimately why we traded for him and why that's going to land him a spot on that fourth line to likely be playing with Helm and O'Connor on the fourth line, but Maltsev doesn't bring... We're not expecting him to score at all. I mean, we've talked about him before on the show. Throughout his career, he's never been a guy that's going to put up a ton of goals and a ton of points. He's a guy that has just consistently hung around the bottom of lineups, but he just does small things really well, and that's why he's going to make the team. So again, I don't know even with how good Ranta has been if he's going to get that spot on opening night he still might if he continues to impress over these next four preseason games or however many of these games he plays in 
I don't know how you can keep him out if he just looks so ready to go. Because, I mean, I gushed about him in development camp and in the rookie tournament, but those are against guys of similar age. And Ranta has played against men for a little bit now, playing in the AHL and going up against certain guys there that some of them don't really have a prayer of making the NHL. And he was clearly in a league of his own with a lot of the Avalanche's talent in those tournaments. But now the fact that he's still playing this well and he's still playing responsibly is incredibly impressive. And again, don't know if he makes it right away, but he's going to see ice time this season because inevitably there are going to be injuries and inevitably there are just going to be situations where it just makes sense to have Ranta in a lineup on a certain night, even if the lineup is completely healthy. It might make sense for on certain nights for Ranta to go in for Maltsev instead, just to bring a little bit more offense to the lineup. Because what Ranta is right now, he's he's kind of like Nachushkin. He's not gonna be like a a game breaking scorer or anything, but he has a very solid defensive game that he's been developing for a little while. It's it's kind of hard to explain, but it's like a Nachushkin with a little bit more offensive upside. I mean, and you already have Nachushkin in the lineup. You don't really need Ranta with Nachushkin already there. But you're going you're gonna to have to reward him at some point because you can't play this well and not get a spot on the roster eventually. Even if he doesn't get it opening night, like I said, it's not going to take long for him to get into the lineup at some point this season. He has been ahead of Martin Kaut. He's been, Shane Bowers has been good. He would played decently against Vegas in the first preseason game. I wouldn't say he did anything special. But in terms of everyone who's fighting for that spot and that spot for that first call-up, Ranta has pulled away by a bit, especially considering that Martin Kaut got benched in this game after nine minutes just he was on the ice for a couple goals I wouldn't say he was I don't want to say he was bad but he really didn't play well it was the kind of performance that when you're fighting for a roster spot and you really should be battling for it harder than you have in years past because time is really running out for you to make an impression on this team before maybe they consider you expendable his performance just wasn't good enough. It was very mediocre and forgettable, and he got benched after nine minutes. He didn't have great shifts on the penalty kill or even strength. And when you look at someone he's directly competing with, with Sampo Ranta, he just needs to be better. And maybe we'll still see it. Again, we still have four preseason games for everyone to show off what they can do. I mean, I, I can't believe there's four preseason games left. I don't know why it feels like we've played more than two. Maybe it's just because between the rookie tournament and this actual training camp, everything just feels a lot longer than it actually is. But at least it'll go by fast. I mean, it's four games in, what, six days? It, it'll go by at least kind of fast. And Kaut hopefully can show a bit more. But unfortunately, again, it just seems like he's getting passed on the depth chart. And... Every year prior, he's just been getting passed by someone else who's just performed better, and now he's getting passed by Ranta as well. And unfortunately, time is running out, 
And it's a different situation for Shane Bowers because Bowers is a center and centers are just inherently more valuable. And when it comes to, to Ranta and Cout, technically Ranta is a left winger and Cout is a right winger. But the right wing, again, is kind of locked up as it is. It's just that one spot on the left wing that can be a bit in question at times. So we'll see, we'll see where all that goes. Bowers, I think, is also going to get time this season. The, the tier for me right now goes Ranta, Bowers, Cout. And Maltsev, I believe, has pretty much already made the team. I don't know if that's too much in question. They're going to play him. And it's just the question of what he's really going to do other than just kind of be a... I don't know. I feel like Maltsev's just going to be the kind of guy when he's on the ice, nothing really happens, which is fine because that means that nothing's going to be happening for the other team as well. Just going to be an ultimate equalizer of opportunities. But we'll see where all that goes in time. Sample Ranta. I, there's four preseason games left, and he's got me actually excited to watch them to a certain extent. As much as I'm kind of ready for it to be over, I'm really excited to see what Sample Ranta can do in these these final preseason games, and if he's actually going to make the roster, because he's definitely making it interesting. I didn't really expect any changes really at all to the roster that's kind of been penciled in for the last few months now but Ranta is making it interesting and the second somebody goes down which eventually they will it doesn't matter who Ranta more likely than not is going to be that guy that gets that first call up and he absolutely deserves it and if nothing else I don't know how he's not going to be a full-time NHL player next season because inevitably there are going to be departures I mean we have Burakovsky, Kadri, Nachushkin, Helm, Maltsev needs another deal. Like, there's going to be guys that are going to need new contracts. There's inevitably going to be guys that leave, guys that get traded. And if Ranta continues to just get better and better and better throughout this season and next training camp, it's hard not to see how he doesn't get a full-time NHL spot next season. He's just been that good. He's still only 21 years old. So, I mean, even if he doesn't, this season and only just continues to get little tastes in call-ups throughout the regular season this year. Next year, I think, is going to be a big, big year for him, and you're going to start to see him full-time in the NHL. And it's hard to argue now that he doesn't deserve it because he's just been so, so good. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey is finally back, and DraftKings' sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice returning. New customers can bet just $1 on any hockey team and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. It does not matter the goal. It does not matter the team. If either team scores, however they do it, you win. There is no way that you can lose. And if DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings will not leave you empty-handed because everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. 
and DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total cash prizes with their first deposit. So hockey fans, there is no excuse to not download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to throw down $1 on any hockey team and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or an Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Now, back to the episode. And speaking of like younger wingers who have impressed me, Oscar Olausen scores again in this one. He's tying that game in the third period with another impressive shot. I mean, talk about doing a complete 180 from development camp in the rookie tournament where he just unfortunately looked completely out of place. Just like he was not ready for this level of competition at all. And it just been a, a general mess. And all of a sudden, training camp rolls around and these two preseason games rolls around. And his confidence just soars through the roof. And all of a sudden, he's found this shot that is capable of beating NHL-caliber goalies. As Granted, it still is the preseason, but more elite goalies than he has ever faced in his career. And now he's bagged two goals in two games. And he's, ob- he's not going to make the team... He might play one more preseason game. He might play one of the, the games against Minnesota or Vegas coming up, maybe even both. But after those, he'll probably get cut and be sent back to Barry in the OHL, where he's going to have a very, very good season. But it is such an encouraging sign to me to see that his confidence has already increased so much in such a short amount of time for him to be able to compete against NHL and AHL caliber players where we just rewind a few weeks ago where he was struggling so badly against guys of similar ages who were fighting for professional jobs at all. I mean, he was getting pushed around by Andreas Wingerly, who's like 5'7". And Wingerly's not a bad player, but he's he's very small. And, and Olausen is way bigger than he is. It just that kind of stuck out to me that he was getting pushed around that badly. I thought he was not going to make it through the first cuts of the preseason. Then he scores that goal against Vegas and now this one. The fact that he's here, that he's been through development camp, rookie tournament, got invited to training camp and has stuck around for this long, that is a really really good omen for things to come with him. I still don't see him making the NHL for some time. I mean, his, his decision-making still needs a good amount of work. I mean, he's not ready for the NHL. He's, he's not going to make this team. He's not going to really come anywhere close to it. And if for so, somehow he does by some ridiculous circumstance, he's going to look out of place because he's just not ready. And like I said, decision-making still needs a lot of work. Some of his senses just still need to be fine-tuned a bit. But you watch him and... St- those raw skills are there. And to be honest, I didn't know too much about him once we drafted him. I tried to get caught up on him the best I could, and I was pretty lukewarm on the pick, and I've warmed up to it a lot recently, obviously. And 
I just think development is going to sort all of those things out. I mean, you look at the this most recent draft class, you're really not seeing anybody do much of anything right now. I mean, you even look towards the top, a guy like Owen Powers going back to college. He hasn't been around the Sabres at all. And the fact that Olauson is pretty much the only guy that has been doing much of anything is something that we should take some some confidence in. I mean, who else in this draft has really even done anything? I think I've seen like Eklund and Dylan Gunther for the Sharks and Coyotes doing the odd thing here or there so far this preseason, but Olauson was drafted 28th. And you look at the guys around him drafted around that time, nobody else is doing anything of the sort. And it's it's way too easy to call Olauson a steal by any stretch, but I am absurdly impressed that he has stuck around training camp this long and has made an impact on these games by scoring these goals. And it's not like he looks out of place when he's not scoring either. He looks good. He looks more confident, looks like he knows what to do with the puck more. And again, like I said, still a lot of things that need to be worked on with him, but that's okay. He's 18. He's going to figure all of that out in time. I'm really not worried about him. He's going to have a fantastic season in the OHL this year, probably going to be one of the more dominant players in the league, frankly, and he's he's got a lot of time to work this out. We don't need Olausen to be really good right away. He has like a solid three-year leeway, I would say, because with just how good the Avalanche are, I mean, this is a good team, as we all know a deep team with a lot of talent, and guys still coming up, like Sampo Ranta, and even guys like Kaut and Bowers, like and Jean-Luc Foudy, too. We don't really need Olausen to be that good for a while. He can take his time developing. So the fact that he's already here, and is already making these strides, and just looking good, and already making as much progress as, he's, as he has in the last few weeks alone, is outstanding. So I can't wait to see more from him. I don't know how many more preseason games he's going to play, but we'll see where it all goes in time and where he's at at this point next season as well. And moving on from some of the the younger guys who have performed so far during this preseason, there's one guy who's not so young who has performed quite well in the preseason, and you know him, you love him, you know I love him. His name is Jack Johnson. The cycle is is going to continue because his contract is right around the corner. I don't know when. I don't know if it's going to be tomorrow. I don't know if it's going to be at the end of the preseason, but it's coming. Jack Johnson is officially going to be a member of the Avalanche in the coming days. He just keeps finding a way to do it. And this is how the cycle begins. This is always how the Jack Johnson cycle begins. He has an impressive training camp and the preseason. Bednar will start to trust him to play in responsible positions, even if it's just on the third pair. And he's going to start to get ice time. And And he's going to play early on. I can't stress this enough. Taze is already gone. We're missing one of our defensemen already. There is a job open for opening night, and I guarantee that Jack Johnson 
is going to get it right away. He's gonna he's going to be playing third pair of minutes with Bo Byram to start the season against Chicago for however long Taze is out. And Bednar, because he's played decently in this preseason, will trust him to bring experience or whatever and to play responsibly in certain situations. He's gonna start to play in this regular season, and it's gonna be a disaster. But he'll do some things all right. But he'll do big things wrong. And somehow he'll manage to stay in. Bednar will keep him in for certain situations. He's not going to play every single game. But he he always just finds a way to stick around. And he's going to be blocking better players from getting onto the ice. There might be certain times where Ryan Murray is sitting out for Jack Johnson to be playing. There might be times, and I hope to God that this never happens, there might be times where Bo Byram is sitting because of Jack Johnson, because this is just what this guy does. He finds a way to put himself into the most inconvenient spots imaginable. And I am, I've thought about it more. I'm not taking back a single word I have said until he's good in the regular season because looking at just his career and how he's worked his way on the teams especially last year with the rangers this is just all part of the process he gets the contract he earns the coach's trust and everything just completely plummets from there and i hope to god that that does not happen i want Jack Johnson to be good. I want what we are seeing from him in the preseason to be true, and that if he does come in, that he can actually be a productive member of this team. I really, truly, honest to God, want that to be true more than anybody. I'm, I'm rooting for him. He's a member of the team, and he's going to be getting a contract. He's a member of the Avalanche by everything except I totally just lost the word there. It's it's everything but official that he's going to be a member of the Abs. So I'm rooting for him. He's on my team, and I want him to succeed. But I have seen this with him before, and I just I need to see it in the regular season. I know he's playing fine now, but it needs to be in the regular season before I change my tune anytime soon about him. So... He's going to get that contract sometime in the next couple days. He's going to be on the team, and I am 99% sure that he is going to be playing opening night. And to be fair, he's looked better than Curtis McDermott. It's like Curtis McDermott has sucked. He played this game against Minnesota and sucked. Jack Johnson has at least looked good in the preseason. I've I've lumped McDermott and Johnson in together into the same category. Johnson in... The two games he's played versus McDermott's one looks so much better than McDermott. I I almost feel more scared about McDermott playing than Johnson. I, I, I'm still going to have an aneurysm if McDermott and Johnson are ever on a pairing together in a game. I don't, I don't know if I'll be able to watch that game. I, and I totally mean that. I do not know if I will be able to handle that, but... I guess I'll just deal with that if the time ever comes. I'm not going to stress myself about a theoretical pairing, but 
he's going to be getting a contract, and McDermott already has one. We traded a fourth-round pick for him, an actual, like, tangible asset for this guy, and we are one preseason game in, and I am dreading the hell out of it. But regardless, that is all preemptive anxiety because it's the preseason, and sometimes it drags on a little too long. And it's, it's weird because we have these large breaks in between. Like, our preseason started late, like a couple days later than everybody else. For most people, it started on, like, Friday or the Saturday before. Ours started on Tuesday, and we only played two games the entire week, and then we're going to fit four in to this week. It, the whole thing is just weird. So, I mean, still dealing with my anxiety for this upcoming season as a whole, but we'll deal with all of that when the time eventually does come. So I think that's just about all I have for today and for this show and basically recapping everything that happened in that preseason game. But I do want to let you guys know that I, there are some things in the works with this show behind the scenes. I can't tell you what they are yet, but I am working on changing some stuff around with this show, some fresh coats of paint, maybe changing up some structures and some other stuff that I won't reveal quite yet. But I'm, I am working on some stuff for you guys for this upcoming season, so keep an eye out for some of that stuff over the coming weeks if it does work out the way that I've hoped. And once again, I want to thank all of the new listeners that have been joining the show over the last couple days. A couple days ago, we shattered our most downloads in a day on September 30th. So just a couple days ago, we shattered our personal best by well over double and took another huge jump in the charts that I've been obsessed with looking at lately. Don't know how healthy that is to actually be doing, but ever since I found Chartable in their charts, I always get weirded out seeing this show on like top hockey podcasts in the United States, even if it is going up and down in the, the 100s and falling out of the 100s every once in a while. But what, thank you once again to all the new listeners that have joined the show as of late, and especially thank you to all of the old listeners that have been here from day one or whenever you guys joined. I appreciate the hell out of you guys all the same, and I can't wait to get started on this upcoming journey with you guys this season for our first normal 82-game season and cup episodes for the, probably until the regular season. We're still going to be talking about the preseason. I'm going to have a predictions episode for standings and for players coming up relatively soon. Going to be bringing on some guests and, again, working on some behind-the-scenes stuff for some things for this upcoming season. So keep an eye out for all of that over the next couple weeks but as for this episode that is going to do it for this edition of the tell it as it is podcast on the hockey podcast network thank you so so much for tuning in as always i have been your host griffin youngs and i will catch you all next time enjoy the rest of your week